Okay, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Energy Markets podcast. It is May Day, the 1st of May, the first of the second month of the second quarter, and Brent crude oil is trading this morning below $80 a barrel. Uh, it fell through the floor of 80 last week, uh, recovered a little bit on Friday, uh, but uh, starts the week a little bit soft. Uh, let's kick off, as always, on Monday mornings with Omar Dejia, Global Head of Derivatives at BB Energy. Omar, uh, your thoughts and outlook as to the direction of travel uh, as we start the new week? I think basically same. So we've had... Um, we had uh, since last Monday, we had the market move down, then move back up. So um, it's pretty much where it was last Monday. Um, but I think I think higher. I, I basically think this correction is done. So I think you have to look at this market uh, from the low that it set uh, on the 20th of March, uh, which was a low at about $70 basic, basis, basis Brent. So it went from 70 to 88 and now down to 80. Okay, so we think that that $70 holds and the market goes higher. So this is this is all a, a correction to the move from 70 to $88. So when let's say $20 up, it's come off $8. And we think the next move up is going to be, uh, or the next move of consequence is going to be to the upside. Um, and, um, you know, let's, let's see what happens, but the more people are negative and, you know, China and, um, all this kind of stuff, uh, the more we like it. So I think, I think, uh, as long as the $70 holds, uh, basis, uh, Brent, then higher. $70 on WTI, you mean, in terms of the floor? On Brent. On Brent. On Brent. Brent. So Brent, Brent set, yeah, set a low at 70.17 on the 20th of March. It went okay. to about $88 and came up from 88 to 80. So we think that move from 70 to 88 is the direction of a new trend. And then we've corrected that a little bit and uh, higher again. We had we a gap, basically, that, that, that was closed. So we think about it. Adi Msirovic, Director of Surrey Clean Energy in in the UK. I was going to say London, but it's not. Of course, it's Surrey. Uh, but Adi, uh, your thoughts this Monday morning? We clearly have the big headlines of this week coming. Another Fed rate hike seems to be uh, expected, a, a consensus around that expectation. Uh, we just had some data out of China this morning with weaker, um, weaker manufacturing numbers out of uh, China for the month of April. Your thoughts? Yes, I mean, um, um, good morning, Sean. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the market in the last uh, couple of weeks, at least, has been moving quite fundamentally. Um, I think uh, we had those surprise OPEC cuts, which OPEC themselves says were not really cuts. They were voluntary cuts. And they weren't really OPEC either. So they, were... <laughs> they weren't, weren't OPEC. They were OPEC plus. But of What course, was the uh, phrase that Prince once used? Uh, formerly known as Prince. Formerly known as OPEC plus countries. <laughs> exactly. So uh, formally known, whatever announcements were, uh, essentially, there's very little evidence of anything going on, really anything changing in the market. So markets really moved back to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals are not as, as bright. I'm probably not as, as, as bearish as Oman. Omar. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure the market will go all the way down to 70 before it picks up. But it, we're going sideways because there's so many uh, macro issues out there. 
Um, uh, we've got over the weekend, we've had actually regulators trying to arrange the sale of the First Republic Bank, and it should have been announced on Sunday, and it hasn't been announced, and that that's not very bullish. Um, so um, you know that you know we still have all these ban banking issues in the United States that are a problem, and on the top of that, this weekend I think it was Saturday or Sunday that Charlie Munger, the um, the Warren Buffett's uh, lieutenant, came out and said, "Well, U.S. banks are full of bad commercial property loans." So that was. In my opinion, I think the market hasn't reacted as much as it should have. Um, it's quite surprising. In, in fact, he's saying, well, we've got subprime, only this time it's 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 commercial rather than residential properties. So that's not particularly uh, bullish. Then China comes out manufacturing PMI of 49.2 uh, in April, a lot lower than 51.9 in March. Non-manufacturing as well, well below. Positive in a positive territory, it's... Uh, uh, 56 point something, I can't remember, versus roughly or just over 58, but not particularly bullish. So uh, we, we've got we've got all these issues where the market, I think there was a Reuters poll on Friday that said about two thirds of the economists um, uh, consulted expected recession. So, you know, none of it is particularly bright. So it's very fundamental. This market is kind of moving sideways and just waiting for for the next uh, uh, move by the Fed, uh, particularly comments, I think 0.25 quarter percent increase is, is, is taken for granted. It probably will happen. But what, what, what are the comments of, of the Fed afterwards, uh, I think, are going to be very, very important. Bill Spindle, Council of Foreign Relations, uh, International Affairs Fellow in India, I think that used to be former, perhaps, but I'm not sure. The, the, but nonetheless, Bill, sitting in America with a front row seat today uh, to, uh, it seems to me that while China doesn't uh, sort of reemerge as the dominant force in the energy markets, it, it sort of is a, maybe a neutral force. Uh, then one turns to the U.S. for direction, as this uh, this market seems to be, uh, you know, in the doldrums, if you like, a part of the ocean with which there is no wind, and that wind could come uh, from the U.S. either positively or negatively, you know, recession or more bullish outlook with equity markets that only want to go up. What's the perspective from the U.S. Bill this morning? Yeah, I kind of agree with what we've just been talking about. It's you know, the Fed's in a pretty tricky position with you know, both kind of signs of a credit crunch coming beneath the surface, this trio of banks that have failed, they still haven't, you know, as we just said, I'm actually watching my headlines to see whether something pops up here any minute now about this, this first Republic, the third bank that they're trying to, to work through. But of course, that's what the Fed in, in a way has been trying to do to try to bring inflation down. They've been trying to restrict, you know, credit on some level. And, and that's, you know, they're reaching the peak of that cycle, like likely another small uh, increase this week. But but what happens after that? And that's the tricky line there. They're going to have to hold. Omar, does the energy markets or the oil markets, a trader like yourself and all of your colleagues sitting behind you, uh, care about the Fed continuing to raise rates this week? Or is it baked in already? I mean, I think it's old news, right? So if if I mean, everybody expects them to go 25 basis points and then, and then the money markets expects them to start cutting, right? That's all expected. If you look at fundamentals, then, you know, everything is, uh, is death and destruction, but um, US equity markets go up. 
But then, well, if, there's still an ocean. Uh, if, there's if, still an ocean of liquidity from ten years of quantitative easing. It will take a lot to yeah, push yeah, that back but in the GD bottle. Man, yeah, I agree. But but, but what, I, what what I would caution against is using fundamentals where you see, you know, you say like I don't know Chinese are gonna get stuffed and I don't know what and blah blah blah. And then you say that means that oil mark oil is going to go down, whereas equity markets are going up. So actually, but ultimately, you you would agree, years. you would agree, Omar. I would think that in order for the second half of the year kind of bullish outlook that you have, it will require China coming back to something a bit closer to revving up the engines. No, but I think I think China is coming back to a bit closer to revving up the engine. I mean, they've been declared dead so many times, right? I mean, first it was the, uh, the what was it? The property stuff that they would never, get, it's going to be death and all the rest of it, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, these things, these things change month by month and day by day and hour by hour, right? You have to have an outlook. You have to have a reason for that outlook. Or you can basically just follow the markets and uh, or, or follow the news and say, oh, God, you know, the Fed just rated to say, sell it. And then you wait a little bit and you say, well, you know, now everybody's sold it. And um, and I don't know, uh, Elon Musk says buy and everybody buy. So I, I think it's a little bit more kind of nuanced, um, nuanced than that. So I would, uh, I mean, the Fed raising rates is already baked into the price, right? The credit crunch is underway, which is a basic assumption. The banks in the U.S. and 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 um, you know uh, commercial property—that's you know news from about a few weeks ago. So all that's all that's known, right? The question is, what's going to what what is going to change? What bit of something is going to change to make this to make these markets either sore or dumb? So basically, what we have now is is markets which have extreme volatility, right? We're seeing it in oil. We're seeing it in equities. We're seeing it in everything. And the reason they have extreme volatility is that it's like it's like this turbulence. Sometimes it's you know going up, going down, going up, going down. These are periods of indecision, and the markets are going to break these periods of indecision either to the upside or downside. So we think, I think that basically equities in the U.S., equities in Europe are going to break it to the downside in a big way. But I also think that oil is going to break it to the upside in a big way. And people will say, oh, but if, if equities go down, then oil can't go up. And then I say, well, look at 2008 and look at 2022 and look at 2014. And we had equities go that way and oil go that way. So it's going to be really interesting. Adi, one of the things I've been thinking about over the weekend in terms of this sort of, uh, if you like, stagnation to a certain extent and uh, in the oil markets and this kind of when all else is still the natural tendency of this market over the last number of months has been to drift downward unless there's some ultimate identifying reason for it to go upwards and the, the natural resting posture seems to be downward and i'm wondering from your perspective what role of all of these other pieces we talk about does the price cap have on that? We have a significant amount of oil being sold in the world today at what seems to be $60 or less. Uh, that has to be, a, I would think, a natural downward draft on the average. I'm wondering from your perspective, 
where is the dynamics of that playing into the overarching price of things? Uh, okay, Sean, before I address the uh, price yeah. cap, if you don't mind, I'll just take one step back. Please. Uh, to, just to address the point that uh, Omar suggested. That just the reason for the um, equity market being where it is, is twofold. We've had very good earnings, especially in the tech sector. So that supported the market. The second reason is the inflation. So for an investor, it's a very tricky situation. What do you do with your cash? If you put money in your cash, you're losing, you know, in the UK, 10% a year. That's not fun. If you're basically trying to find defensive sectors and keep sort of the equities on because at least companies have a, most of the companies um, in the defensive sector have a chance of passing on their cost uh, to the consumer. So, it, you know, there is very strong reason to hold shares, okay? So now <clears throat> going to the price cap, well, overall fundamentals, you're right. I mean, you know, I've always argued the price cap, the only function the price cap has is to keep Russian oil flowing. <clears throat> Okay, that's, that's a Biden administration idea. They want cheap gasoline. They want Russian oil to come out. And, and, and in that respect, sort of it worked, even though it didn't work really, because it, you know price cap was well above the market. We, we actually, when we crossed the uh, price cap, <clears throat> excuse me, nothing happened. Okay, there was a bit of like, you know, slap on the wrist, um, don't do it again kind of thing. And, and, and the market keep, keeps going. So the Russian exports are continuing as usual. If you remember, Sean, when, when after straight right after the Ukrainian conflict, i.e. Russian invasion of Ukraine, what we said was we were going to lose two and a half. I think IEA came out with three and a half million barrels of Russian oil. And that's why we had these big spikes in the oil market. Uh, right now, everyone's kind of realized that Russian oil continues to flow. We're probably going to lose, I don't know, maybe a half a million barrel naturally because of the extension of these um, uh, sea lanes going longer and, and it's harder to load and it's harder to sell and move the barrels. It's not a big deal. There's plenty of oil out there. There's lots of oil out there. At the moment in the Mediterranean, for example, there's a, there's a little bit of pressure. I think Exxon has just lifted force majeure on, on because of the strike in Nigeria. Um, and we've got oil flowing. Um, um, US oil is coming to Europe in a big way. So the market is fundamentally well supplied there's no reason for the market short term to go much higher. Now, again, uh, where are we going from here? Are we going over 80? I still think that we'll go well over 80 in the second half of the year because of fundamentals. But then, then again, you know, um, I've been wrong before. It, it very much depends on where we see the economy going. Economy going this year, according to IMF, at 2.8%, is really, it's peanuts. And even the IMF in their um, uh, financial stability report say the risks are on the downside. So I think the market is very, very fundamental. It's actually re reflecting what, what we expect in financial markets. And if you just allow me to say one more thing, I was, I was in Vienna last week with uh, IMF, uh, no IMF, sorry, IEA uh, OPEC conference. And, and the topic was uh, volatility in financial markets impact on the oil markets. And, and it's very fundamental. Financial markets do lead oil markets. There's no doubt about it. The flat price is set by sentiment, by fundamental uh, expectations as per financial markets, not by the people who, who who's buy and sell physical oil. And at the Bill, moment, that's where we are. Bill, the, the, the outlook in the US at the moment, we've got uh, the numbers for the first quarter somewhat uh, 
lower than expected on GDP growth, but nonetheless higher than expected on uh, consumer spending, which remained quite robust, uh, uh, upward close to 4%. Uh, what's the outlook, do you think, there uh, for that divergence to continue as we sort of move deeper into this very political window in the U.S. Uh, calendar? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on how determined the Fed really, really, really is to get inflation down into that 2% range, because if they're really at a point where there's quite a bit more work to be done to get it there, but there are these banking issues that that make a lot of people nervous, and obviously they make them even more nervous going into a political cycle like that. So I think it really depends on how far the Fed really wants to push this. Do they do, you know, what like Omar said, do they do they actually go into a cutting cycle and uh, and sort of back off, even though inflation really remains pretty significantly above that 2% range, or do they keep pushing? Uh, where do you think, I mean, from your, your experience, sort of outlook as to the growing noise around the debt ceiling fight, which is inevitably starting to rumble up now with the Republicans passing their bill in the House last week. Uh, Bush, <laughs> Biden is ignoring them uh, and doesn't want to negotiate around it, just, you know, basically a one page uh, upgrade or uh, change to the the um, the debt ceiling. Is this something you think that could go into a very dangerous place or or is it just the same old story, lots of noise before the cliff edge and everybody backs away? Yeah, well, I, I, it's harder and harder to predict, I think. Uh, you know, I think the by far the most likely thing is exactly what you said there at the end, it, that we get right to the cliff at the end and, some, and there's a deal that gets constructed between some reasonable Republicans and and Democrats to raise the, the debt ceiling. And perhaps there's some face-saving way you know, Biden uh, is able to negotiate a little something behind the scenes uh, that kind of make both sides happy. That's the most likely outcome. But you really do have a group of, of legislators now in the House who, a fairly large group, who are determined to keep pushing this right to the, to the cliff. And you never quite know what, what could go wrong at the end. Yeah, it certainly feels like uh, this might be a, a different set of circumstances given the political backdrop and also the election cycle on the other side. Um, let's go to the survey question uh, and, and get a view from the room on that as to whether this week's Fed rate hike is baked into the oil markets already. Uh, probably is. Uh, but nonetheless, I suppose it, it does... Um, have a, a bearing perhaps on, on what the commentary, the press conference has to say uh, on the outlook for that. Uh, Omar, in your technicals, you had said last week about the idea that um, if the market was to retest the the low previously on, 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 on Brent, uh, technically, and you had identified that there was a gap there still, have we uh, broken through that? Are we? What does that look like now? Yeah, we filled the gap. So I think that this is what this move is all about. So we filled the gap uh, on uh, Brent and WTI. Um, and then uh, we see what happens basically going forwards. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, the thing about, the thing about, the thing, I mean, you know, that sometimes there's, there's, there's a big misunderstanding. So inflation. Inflation is not 
uh, good for stocks. And the problem is that inflation causes a raise in interest rates. So if you've got money and you want to bet on, on, you want to put it in stocks, if the rate of inflation is very high and interest rates are at 5% and US treasuries are giving you 5%, then most people would actually put their money in U.S. Treasuries because it's quote unquote risk free, right? So if you want to buy Apple or Amazon or Alphabet or Timbuktu, whatever it is, you should, if if you're realistic or if you're planning to make money, you need that return to be multiples of that five percent, right? Which is why people are pulling their money out. Of equities. So what you're seeing in equities is you're seeing a rally that is not broad-based, which means basically that fewer and fewer names are going up and the rest of them aren't doing so well. So usually what you want is you want to have a broad-based rally because that's healthy. It's like, you know, in your community, everybody's getting richer. But if it's just one person getting richer, then that's not so great for the whole economy. So I don't think that um, you know interest rates and and interest rates going up and inflation uh, that the solution for that is to buy more stocks. I think I think exactly the opposite. I think it's it takes money out of equities and puts it into uh, government treasuries. Um, but again, I think that if you look at if you look at consensus, consensus will tell you that not only are people expecting a quote-unquote soft landing? That the you know the, the the people the brains of the IMF are actually expecting a no landing. So basically, we're not even landing. It's like off we go and 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 into the sunset. And they probably play some nice music, and I think that's totally delusional. I mean, I think that's the. I mean, we had a, we have a banking crisis. We have a war in Europe. We have the U.S. and China about to go head to head. And basically, these people are like, yeah, everything's going to be OK and we're going to grow. And, and don't worry so much about the banking crisis and, and don't worry so much about inflation and we'll all get it under control. It's just another weekend where a bank has to be bailed out. It's like, you know, you go to a football match on Saturday afternoons and you go watch the bank bail out on Sunday afternoons. Adi, I, I wanted your thoughts on this uh, uh, report over the weekend on um, Putin, uh, his view, backing away from the earlier move that banned Russian companies from exporting crude oil in compliance with the G7 price cap of $60 a barrel. Uh, is this a big change of tack? Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, no, it's not. Uh I, th I think at, at a risk of, of being a bit boring, Sean, I, I think, you know, this whole idea of, of price caps is just there's a lot of politics going on. Of course, Biden administration wants the Russian oil to flow. Russians want the Russian oil to flow. Uh, whatever they say, Russian cuts, it's just posturing for OPEC+. Plus. They're not going to cut. They're going to sell as much as they can. They need the cash. They need the revenue. Uh, and, and all of this talk by Putin and, and anyone else from his administration is just pure posturing. Um, I think the whole, every, at the moment, everyone seems to be happy with the status quo, where oil prices, well, Russian oil is selling at big discounts. And let's remember, Russian oil is selling at big discounts because of European sanctions. 
And the oil price cap is just negating those sanctions. So it's not because of the oil price cap. Uh, the oil has to move a long way and look for basically what I call bottom feeders for, for people who are actually normally not buying this crude, but will buy it at a big discount. So, uh, you know, the West is happy with those big discounts and, and, the, and, 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 and the Biden is, administration is very happy with, with oil flowing. So gasoline, gasoline prices in the U.S. are not excessive. Um, Going that, into the summer already, driving season, of course, which is a pretty well, the summer driving season started in a way because you know the market anticipate we we are trading July gasoline essentially, so it, it's already started. But you know, sadly, you know, it doesn't seem to be doing very much. You know, uh, well, let's let's give the cool. let's give the, the last word to Bill. I wanted to get your <laughs> thoughts, Bill, on the the geopolitical incident that happened last week in our region here. I know you're away from it at the moment, but nonetheless, there was a tit for tat around hijacking of Iranian crude oil by the Americans, and then the Iranians reacted another way. Your thoughts on where that all stands now, this sort of face-off between Washington and Tehran. Is it a big deal? Is it over? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's kind of more in the usual realm of things. You know, in the backdrop of this is still the the, the Gulf states, so the Gulf Arab states and right. Iran sort of trying to work through a, a little more stable relationship over the longer term. I, so I don't you know, I think this is more of a blip in that that larger backdrop, which is the more the more important change. And the direction we're going is a little more stability in the Gulf itself, though, Iran you know, continues to do what it does beyond that, you know, the rest of the Middle East, which is is still going to be problematic. Well, we'll leave it there with Brent trading at 79.70. Thank you so much, Adi Sirovich, Bill Spindle, and Omar Najir for your thoughts this morning. We'll have to see if there's any breakout either direction this week. All the best and thank you.